0: This is the On All Cylinders Podcast.
1: Presented by Summit Racing.
0: Your host for today is Summit Racing's Paul Sokolis, with special guest overlanding, camping, and off-roading enthusiast, Matt Meyer. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another On All Cylinders Podcast. Uh, we got a pretty interesting one today, a a new topic we haven't uh, really addressed much so far. And we got a really interesting guest that's going to talk all about it. Sir, how are we doing today? Why don't you introduce yourself?
2: I'm good. My name is Matt Meyer. I uh, drive a 2021 uh, Toyota Tacoma TRD Off-Road, and it is a uh, overland build.
0: Overlanding, okay. So you're one of those guys that likes to bolt a bunch of stuff to your car or truck, pack up the family, pack up some supplies, and head out into the wilderness for a little bit, right?
2: I am. Within the last, I'd say, I don't know, three to four years or so, kind of really dove headfirst into it and Uh, found a fair amount of other local folks that are into it as well and uh yeah it's a lot of fun
0: yeah overlanding seems like a really cool thing but i I gotta be honest with you it's it's new to me and i'm sure it's probably new to a lot of our our listeners out there so um can you take a couple minutes and explain exactly what overlanding is
2: you know it's it still puzzles me sometimes because you can really classify it in all sorts of different ways but uh the, the mindset of basically outfitting your, your off-road capable vehicle uh, to be able to uh, sleep, cook, basically live on the road, uh, as well as take it off the uh, beaten path to a place where a regular RV or something wouldn't be able to go to just kind of all-in-one rolled into uh, everything so you could uh, have everything necessity-wise on the trail and have fun while doing it.
0: But it all kind of centers on the vehicle from what I understand. So what kind of classifies a a specific car truck SUV as an overlanding rig? What does it need to have to be an overlander?
2: I don't think there's any right or wrong answer to that question, but uh, really just kind of a a vehicle that could take you where you want to go and something that's off-road capable, first of all. Some different uh, more aggressive wheels and tires, and a lift would be probably the, the baseline to start with. So uh, you can take whatever vehicle, it doesn't have to be specifically any vehicle brand, uh, but just something that will allow you to take some of these obstacles that uh, a normal stock vehicle wouldn't be able to. Um, I think uh, a place to sleep, whether that be a ground tent or a, or a rooftop tent, you know, uh, cooking utensils uh, and uh, stove or whatever you pick to do that with. And, and just uh, power. Just having something capable of powering what sources you need to power while you're out on the trail, too. Well, that all makes
0: sense. You're essentially blending the basics of both off-roading and camping at the same time. But let's rewind it back just a little bit. Say I'm starting really from square one. I don't even have a vehicle yet. W- what should I look for in an overlanding rig? What makes a good overlander?
2: Well, you know, there's there's another... Loaded question. I mean, you could literally go with anything that uh, you feel comfortable with. Uh, obviously, the Toyota world is a is a huge uh, market. Uh, the Jeep world is right up there with it too. Uh, I would compare them equally. But I mean, there are people that do the van life with the Sprinter vans and Ford Transits or uh, Subaru uh, Outback or uh, Cross Um There's tons of different possibilities. I mean, I've seen all sorts of different things. As long as it's something that you can uh, preferably have four-wheel drive on.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Usually you kind of think overlanding, your mind immediately goes to like the hardcore off-roaders. So to to understand that you can do that in, in pretty much any vehicle, as long as it's outfitted correctly, is, is really fascinating.
2: Oh, correct. For sure.
0: Speaking of which, like you kind of touched on it earlier, but what does a vehicle need as a baseline before it heads uh, off on an overlanding excursion?
2: Well, I would, I, like I said, I would start with the base suspension of a vehicle. That's, I think, first and foremost. If you're going to be going into some of the areas that you want to go to, something with an upgraded suspension and bigger, more aggressive tires and off-road wheels, uh, that would be where I started. That'd be where I would suggest anybody interested in trying to get started with this. Buy once, cry once has definitely been my mentality. Uh, there are definitely less expensive options out there for things, but uh, if you end up, up you're going to end up just upgrading down the road when I buy the the best of the best right off the bat. Following that, I would say pick yourself out uh, some sort of sleeping arrangements, whether it be a tent or, like I said, a rooftop tent. There's lots of options out there. I personally am a fan of a company out of Bend, Oregon called Cascadia Vehicle Tents. Uh, They make some killer products. And uh, there's other things like Smittybill. They make a good product. Or Tapui or uh, Suli. They're all out there. and They make some really good, reasonably priced rooftop tents. Let's see, what else would, would come to mind? Any way of kind of storing those things on your vehicle, whether it be a roof rack or uh, if you have a pickup truck, a bed rack to put platform on and put that tent or whatever you're planning on. Or you just go with the classic ground tent. doesn't necessarily have to be always the rooftop tent route.
0: You bring up a really good point. Um, There's no rigid set of guidelines or rules that say, hey, you have to do this in order to be considered an overlander. Your vehicle needs this to be called an overlanding rig, right?
2: Correct. And it's just getting out there. I mean, the appeal of having a rooftop tent is nice, don't get me wrong, but coming from from a kid that used to be a Boy Scout and enjoyed ground tents, I had no problem with that, too. I think there's some great hubs style tents or just a classic tent, uh, pulled, uh, kind of tent. So there's tons of options.
0: Okay. You briefly mentioned that, uh, you did have some camping experience before you, you got really into this. So that's probably a good question to ask. What brought you to overlanding as a hobby? What made you really dive in with both feet?
2: You know, I, uh, I always had a, uh, an appeal of, of anything off road, but, uh, what I immediately think of is, is Jeeps. And I'm, I just, i thinking everybody and their brother has a Jeep, and they either just go off-road or they they don't. <laughs> so the Toyota world was really appealing to me because I saw kind of some of the options and the possibilities that could be done. Uh, I went and uh, met up with a couple of their local folks that were into this, and they had already been doing this for a couple years. Uh, local guys in the area, and uh, that gave me some ideas. Just seeing somebody else's rig and, and say, oh, man, I could do that really easy to mine. And uh, just kind of approached it like that. I could make it better and do it my own way. Then that was kind of where my direction was headed. There's tons of stuff out there.
0: <laughs> now, I happen to have pulled up on my computer screen right now some pictures you sent of your really awesome 2021 Toyota Tacoma overlanding rig. But the reason you have a brand new vehicle is because you kind of had a setback with your first one.
2: I did. I did. Unfortunately, in uh, December of last year, I was uh, uh, totaled out uh, by a uh, by a vehicle uh, passing through an intersection. It got T-boned and uh, flipped me over on my side and. It was an unfortunate situation, but uh, through insurance, I got I got a new, new Tacoma to replace it and was able to fit all my old stuff on the new truck. So, kind of a crappy circumstance, but hey, I got a new vehicle out of it.
0: <laughs> well, we're just glad everybody made it through without any significant injuries. Um, but getting back to the vehicle, you had already built a pretty impressive overlanding rig. Uh, So I guess my question is, after the wreck, was anything salvageable? Did you pull any parts off to use on your next build?
2: I did. I I was able to salvage a lot of the stuff on the old vehicle. Now, this accident happened in December, so I had taken a lot of the stuff off for the winter since I don't do a lot of winter camping. So my rooftop tent and my bed rack were already in storage for the winter. Uh, So the roof rack got some damage. I had to replace a couple pieces on that. there were some scuffs on some other things, kind we got it, got it repainted, but uh, for the most part, all the other things that were bolt-on were salvageable and could be taken off, and put right on a brand new truck. So
0: within a relatively short time span, you had to build two overlanding rigs. Yeah. yeah. That could be either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But during either of those builds, what was the biggest challenge that you felt you had to confront? What was the most difficult part?
2: Well, budget's a big thing. Uh, Having a set budget (laughs) kind of went out the window early on. Uh, Obviously, there's a pipe dream list and things that were necessary. that uh, I saw that I wanted obviously but uh, just kind of the knowledge of how those things would work on this vehicle how do I install it just learning those kinds of things and surrounding myself with other like-minded folks who have done something similar to their vehicle and asking advice so kind of having uh, it's really neat just the I know that's very specific with me and Toyota uh, but there are other people that are into this too and are just a wealth of knowledge of given their either opinion or advice or or even helping you do it. So finding a good group of people that could uh, bounce ideas off of and get some uh, contacts as to who sells these items and where to find them.
0: Yeah, finding the right parts is a really important aspect of pretty much every niche of the automotive hobby and certainly overlanding is no exception there. So with that in mind, let's take a quick break. And I promise it'll take no longer than 90 seconds. Since we are a podcast powered by Summit Racing, I've got Anthony. He's a Summit Racing merchandiser that kind of specializes in overlanding. He's on the other line, and he's got some cool overlanding stuff to talk about. Anthony, thanks for taking the time today.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: So for starters, I understand it that Summit Racing now is an entire section of its website dedicated to overlanding?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's summitracing.com overlanding dash gear. And you could basically shop everything that we have have to offer for every type of overlanding situation now why is summit racing getting into overlanding all of a sudden you know S- summit has always traditionally uh sold all these things even prior to overlanding becoming a, a market so to speak so we've always sold the lift kits the wheels the tires the winches uh you know we have every name brand winch that's available from warren winch to smithy belt so aside from that you know we we have a full offering of rooftop tents they have become real popular over the last couple of years. Awnings to go along with that. We also have a variety of bed racks and roof racks, uh, bike racks, fridge freezer combos, stoves, and, you know, just a variety of different things that help uh, make your overlanding trip a little easier on you.
0: So, yes, yeah, Summit Racing, not just hot rod and restoration parts anymore. Again, that web page for overlanding stuff is summitracing.com slash overlanding dash gear summitracing.com slash overlanding dash gear. Anthony, thank you again for the time, sir. No
1: problem. Glad I could help.
0: Now back to Matt. We were talking about parts and parts availability. Let me ask you this. Uh, Once he got the parts, how difficult was it to install them?
2: Pretty easy. To be honest with you, most of the stuff is very bolt on. Uh, You just got to figure out what your preference is. And these things... Take, for example, just a simple tonneau cover or a bed rack. I mean, those things are very easy installation and just kind of how you envision the look of your vehicle and what it's going to be. But all these things, these add-ons are are very attainable locally or uh, out of state that uh, you can find, and the instructions to install them are quite easy. Now, when it comes to suspension stuff, I'm not the expert there. Uh, I would seek the advice of somebody that knows what they're doing. So that would be my only real big challenge, I think, uh, trusting somebody that's done enough suspension jobs that uh, they can teach me as well while doing it, which was helpful.
0: And that's how really anybody learns, whether you're wrenching on a hot rod or building a race car or motorcycle. Get in there and get your hands dirty. Now, as you're going about your build, uh, were there any surprises, anything where you had to step back and change direction?
2: Not really. To be honest with you, there was nothing really that, that came to me and was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's just planning and, and making sure you, you don't feel like you're in over your head. And if, if, you, don't, if you are, ask for help. I, I, I really relied on a lot, of, a lot of other Toyota guys or even Jeep guys that had done something similar and could bounce those ideas off.
0: Well, I know you've only had this truck for a couple of months, right?
2: Correct. I got it in January.
0: But even before that, on your previous rig, can you describe some of the cool places you've been? Like, where have your expeditions taken you?
2: Um, locally, to Ohio, I mean, there's tons of places to explore. Within a couple hour distance, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is one of my favorites I've gone to a couple times last year was Allegheny National Forest. I think it's a three-hour drive from our house, and... Uh, it's just beautiful scenery and plenty of bike trails to go on and and uh, primitive camping, some trails to go on with your vehicle. But uh, it's just away from everything. I think that's the one thing I enjoy about this is going to a place where it's not a pre put together campground. It's some place where people have maybe stayed in the past. There's some rocks where a, a bonfire used to be, but uh, you're not bothered by the the loudness of a of a pre put together campground just the serenity of I guess. So how
0: do you find these places to go on these overlanding trips? I mean, again, put yourself in the shoes of someone who's just brand new to the hobby, just starting to explore uh, the potential. How would they go about finding a place to visit? Is there like a website or something?
2: There is not really any specific website that I can think of right off the top of my head. Just some of the uh, forum groups uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, there is uh, a, an app called Gaia, G-A-I-A. It's a GPS app where a lot of folks have used it to find off-road trails and good places where uh, people have camped. Um, I follow a a few uh, YouTube channels where uh, they've got some great spots, more so out west, which is definitely on my bucket list to head out that way. And you asked about how extreme this can get. Obviously, there's tons of uh, more options out west. We're talking in Utah or Washington State or... Arizona or Colorado all those places uh, moab I mean that's the one place that everybody talks about being the, the ultimate spot uh, just kind of combining the off-road trails and rock climbing and or rock crawling I should say to also camping in the same same setup
0: so are those part of your future plans to head out west for a trip or two
2: definitely that's definitely on my bucket list and and in fact um, when I first started this whole process of outfitting the vehicle. Of course, my wife was uh, maybe not necessarily initially on board with the amount of uh, time and money being spent, but uh, we we just had our uh, first child in 2019, and I think the idea of going to all the different states and camping as a family and seeing some of these awesome spots like the Grand Canyon and, and other places out west, that's, that's the appeal. So, got her on board. We've got a bigger uh, rooftop tent to accommodate them as well. Me and my wife, and my son, and uh, she's on board now. And found some other wives uh, who are also <laughs> have husbands that are into this. So with families and uh, and kids. So that's the appeal of it now for her. It's gotten more exciting just to to make plans. uh we've got one of those scratch off maps for the United States. We're gonna start scratching off those states as we camp in each one of them. So. That's the plan.
0: We've been talking a bit in like general terms about overlanding and how much fun it can be and how much work is involved in setting up an overlander. But let's talk in specifics. You've alluded to your your taco a couple times. Tell us about your Tacoma.
2: Sure. I'd say one of my favorite things is got to be either my front bumper, uh, which is from a company out of uh, a Louisiana called Southern Style Off Road. Uh, it's a high clearance bumper with uh, a spot, a hidden spot for a winch and a uh, light bar if you need it. Um, my other favorite and it's completely custom with a with a friend of mine. He runs a company called FinFab and we made a custom uh drawer setup in the rear of the bed for Camp Kitchen. And it's on a five hundred pound slider and comes out about uh <laughs> probably about uh, ten feet from the uh tailgate and holds all of your camping pots and pans, gear, food, stove, prep station for cutting board and all that and it's uh it holds right up into uh the bed like a nesting doll uh just makes it incredibly easy so that when you get to camp uh you don't have all these totes and, and things like that you got to take out it's very easy open up the tailgate and uh slide open and you're ready to cook within a minute so that's probably my favorite um the rooftop tent is definitely one of the biggest upgrades when i first started in this i had a single person tent from CVT called the Mount Bachelor. I now have the Mount Rainier, which is a three-plus person tent, so I can comfortably fit all of us. Um, This in particular tent that I have now is the most recent version of their hybrid series, which uh, kind of incorporates soft cover but hard top, so you've got an ability to mount options to the top, whether it be a kayak rack or different tools or different cargo um, but it's it's really neat just uh, how quickly it opens and you're open ready to camp with uh, less than five minutes after it's all open with a three inch memory foam mattress inside. You don't have to do anything but throw your camp pillows and uh, sleeping bags up there. You're ready to go. And it's complete with LED lights inside and way to charge your phone or whatever.
0: Nice. Uh, and you said you modified the suspension a bit.
2: I did, um, and that's another thing that uh, I'll mention is the. the the stuff that I did on the 2017 Tacoma, um, I took advantage of this whole situation by doing some of the things I wished I had done on the 17. Um, so now I've done it on the 21. On the previous model, I had a built steam set up, 5100s uh, was there their go-to uh, for front and rear, with uh, some decent uh, old man Nier shocks or uh, coils, excuse me for the front and some um, specialty products company makes a great control arm for the uppers. So for this new build for the 21, I went with a slightly better uh build steam setup along with the 5160s with remote reservoirs in the rear. A completely new leaf pack from old man emu, um extended brake lines because sometimes you're you're gonna be a little too tight on, on when you have some uh extension or long travel. And on the front same thing we did uh bilstein's but we went with a 6112, which is a beefier shock comes with their own uh coils and i was stuck with the same upper control arms because they're just phenomenal when it comes to trying to align a off-road vehicle with heavy camber these just make it really easy for you to uh do that so all in all with uh 285 70 17 tires and um the wheels and lift. Uh, I gained about five inches in total from stock.
0: Any other cool or interesting modifications that you think people should know about?
2: Um, most recently, I just upgraded uh, my wiring and all my accessory lighting. Um, obviously, I had that on the previous vehicle, uh, but I went with a Switch Pro panel, which I think was one of the top products at SEMA in 2018. A lot of folks use it in uh, the ATV world and Razors and Polaris and all that. Uh, but it's a module that goes under the hood and it makes it incredibly easy, color coded. You connect all your positives and negatives, uh, for all your accessories and it provides you with a switch panel inside the cab that's color coded and you can mess around with the red, green, blue, uh, backlighting and has custom stickers that you can put on there and very easy. Plug and play that's probably my most recent modification that i just did all by myself and i'm by no means a, a wiring guru i follow the directions and i proud of myself <laughs> that i got it done by myself
0: hey man take the victory lap i know plenty of seasoned gearheads and wrenchers that cower in fear at the mere thought of electrical wiring so no worries there um but uh let's rack the focus back out um you've been doing this for several years you got tons of experience What advice would you give someone who's just starting out, like just wanting to dip their toe in the overlanding waters? What would you tell them?
2: Try and find some local groups. They typically always have some sort of meetup, whether it be a Cars and Coffee or some sort of charity event, and go check out some other people's rigs. Get some ideas. Figure out what's important to you. See what uh, makes sense, what you want to spend your money on, and what makes sense for what you want to do. I'd say start with that baseline. Envision where yours could go. I uh, used a lot of uh, pictures that I saw on online, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, and just kind of started dabbling with that idea. And that was, I'd say, back in 2015, 16 for me. Just kind of, where where do I want to go here? Um, and then I always loved the look of the Tacoma, and that was the route I went. But doesn't mean you have to go that way. There's lots of very open-minded folks that will share their feelings and it's refreshing to see people give their own opinions on things online, sometimes not always the same case, but uh, most people are more than willing to share their feelings on, hey, this is what I went with, it worked out well for me and I think that's a good starting point.
0: That is uh, really good advice. Uh, but I'm going to ask the same question, I guess, in kind of a different way. Sure. You're you. You just started out. You just started building or you're going on your first uh, overlanding expedition. What do you wish someone would have told you as a good piece of advice for someone who's just starting out?
2: I think that goes back to that statement of buy once, try one. There are definitely different brands out there of items, whether it be suspension or bumpers or off-road lighting or whatever it may be. and their quality differences are, are a big deal, and there have been a couple things on lighting that I've upgraded from when I first started that I wish I would have spent the extra month just got the ones that I have now. So that statement of buy once, cry once is something I've really adapted to. And if this is not necessarily an inexpensive hobby to have, but uh, you should really uh, think through as to what you're wanting to do first and take other people's advice and, and hear them out.
0: Okay. I've got one last question, and I know this might sound silly seeing as you've got a brand new truck in your driveway, but is this your final build? Is this the last overlanding rig you hope to ever put together?
2: I hope so. I, I really did uh, feel that way with the 2017. Um, I, I Every time somebody asks me that question, I, I always tell them, I'm going to drive this thing till the, the wheels fall off. Drive it into the ground, right? <laughs> These Toyotas are, are designed to last it's real, real exciting to see the capability. As long as they're taking care of, so yeah. To answer your question, I, I do. I plan on saying that this is would be my 20-year uh, vehicle down the road. And if it's something I need to upgrade it and go a little bit bigger vehicle, then so be it. But I think I'll always be a Toyota guy. My wife drives a 4Runner, and got her uh, interested in it too.
0: So so in closing, first off, thank you for spending the time talking to Overlanding with us. But uh, is there any last parting bit of knowledge you'd like to send out to uh, both experienced and novice Overlanders alike? Is there anything you want to tell uh, the Overlanding community as a, as a parting piece of wisdom?
2: Uh, sure. I think the one resounding thing and I, I've learned over the last three to four years doing this is it really doesn't matter uh, what or where you go. Just get out there and have fun doing it with whoever, family-wise, you can do it with. I mean, just There's tons of people out there that spend thousands and thousands of dollars on these rigs. Yeah, they look really great, but what's functional for you and what makes sense for you as a family? So just take your time, have fun with it. But just get out there and go camping and have some fun out there.
0: So we've been talking about overlanding with Matt Meyer. He's an experienced off-roader, gone on a bunch of great expeditions, and built a pair of pretty wicked Toyota Tacomas in the process. Matt, thank you again for talking with us. Take care and wish you well on your next adventure. Hey, you too. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast.
2: Presented by Summit Racing.
0: Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com.
2: onallcylinders.com.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: See you next time.